welcome to All Things Health and Abundance podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss different health-related issues and come with real tips and advice. Today we're going to talk about Feng Shui. What is Feng Shui and how does it work? What are the main principles of Feng Shui? How can we put it into practice in an easy way? And how can the practice of Feng Shui help us heal our life? This and much more is what we'll be discussing today. And today with me is Anna Pavlakis. Anna is a master shamanic healer, spiritual coach and Feng Shui consultant. For 20 years, Anna has been working with clients all over the world to help them bring balance, harmony, healing and abundance into their lives. Her mission is to guide others so that they may align with their soul path and fulfill their divine potential. Through her unique channeled modality, Integrated Soul Healing, she releases and clears the programs and beliefs carried in their subconscious minds and cellular memories so that they may be fully in their personal power. Having studied with master teachers of Feng Shui, Reiki, Buddhism, Ascension, Planetary Healing and Shamanism, Anna has presented numerous workshops, channeled shamanic journeys, intuitive readings and healings in New York City, New Jersey, Barcelona, Seville, Valencia, Alicante, Spain and online. I'm really, really happy to have you here with us. Also because I've always been curious about Feng Shui and how to implement it. I even purchased a course a while ago, but it didn't lead to much as the principles seem quite complicated to put into practice. So I can say that I'm really happy to have you here because I know I will be learning a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> can you maybe start by explaining in simple terms what feng shui is and the different schools of feng shui yes of course so feng shui is very very ancient we don't actually even know how old it is but it's at least five thousand years old wow um, yeah <laughs> but you could even say that goes beyond that because it's actually exists everywhere in in nature and in mm. pretty much almost every single culture has feng shui in its own way uh, the word feng shui literally means wind water um, the two elements of wind and water interesting yes. wind water and it comes from an ancient chinese poem which is a beautiful poem mm -hmm. and uh, so what it's really about is about creating the best possible conditions for living but not just living for thriving mm -hmm. and when i said that it exists everywhere in nature you could say that animals practice feng shui if you consider when an animal is choosing its home whether it's a hole in the ground or a nest in, in a tree what are they doing they're creating a home that's going to protect them from the mm -hmm. elements and from predators so that they can procreate and make babies and and so on, right? And not get killed by predators. So they are practicing <laughs> their version of feng shui, right? Which is to find the yeah. best possible conditions for them to live and to thrive and to procreate. So that's really what it is, just on a human level. And what a feng shui practitioner is doing is adjusting the space according to your individualized needs okay because everyone is different and this relates to chinese astrology because a feng shui practitioner will look at your chinese astrology and find out and i'll talk about the elements later but they'll they'll find out what your elemental makeup is what because there are five elements and adjust it according to what you need so it's adjusting to your individualized needs, but also the nature of the space itself and also what the purpose of the space itself is. So, you know, we could have feng shui for an office, which is going to be a bit different, you know, than feng shui for a home because they have different purposes, of course, right? Yeah, I understand. And so, and all of it is to improve the flow of qi. Qi means energy, 
right? Mm-hmm. In Chinese. Yeah. It's pronounced ki in, in Japanese or ki in Korean, but it's all chi and it's, it's essentially energy, right? In, yeah. And so what the result is, is that you feel better in your space and the space works for you rather than against you. So the space can actually work against you. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you're in a space that does not have good feng shui, or that has some negative energies in it, it's not working in your favor. So that's why it's going to, well, you might have a lot of struggle in your life or a lot of problems. It could very well be the feng shui in your home. Wow. Space. Yep. And so it's really about how we relate to our environment, really. When you put it all down to it, it's, it's how we relate to our environment. And there are many different schools of feng shui. Mm-hmm. What it actually started off as was to choose, in ancient times, in ancient China, was to choose the best site for burial of the ancestors, because it was very, it's very important in Chinese culture, especially ancient Chinese culture, to honor the ancestors. So where they were buried was considered extremely important. So they would, uh, the original feng shui practitioners were using it to pick the best burial sites, and then it went from there into uh, using it for people and studying landforms and all sorts of things like that. So it's not just like your own home, but looking at where your home is positioned in the land. Very common form of feng shui, and I think this is the one that you studied, is compass school feng shui. It's a very common form of feng shui, and that's the one that deals with the directions and everything is based on the compass. Yeah, it was exactly like that. And it was so difficult to actually put it into practice. I couldn't even understand what I was reading, the material I was going through, and imagine putting that into practice. So yeah, And I'm not saying that that's not important, but I, what I studied was Black Sect Tantric Buddhism Feng Shui, Mm -hmm. which is the most modern version that was brought to the West by Professor Lin Yun, Grandmaster Mm -hmm. Lin Yun, who is a great master teacher and what it does is it incorporates tibetan bun religion which is the pre-buddhist religion in tibet a black sectantric buddhism feng shui combines elements of the bun along with tibetan buddhism along with all these chinese concepts and it presents it in a way that i think is much more user-friendly mm-hmm especially for people coming from the West. So it became very, very popular when it was introduced by professor to the United States. And it just spread like wildfire from there. What I love about Black Sectantric Buddhism Feng Shui is it's for me the most spiritual. So it's really about using the power of the mind and intentions. So it's working with energy on that subtle level and For me, because I'm a shaman, (laughs) this is the one that just spoke to me from the beginning. Yeah, I understand. And it's, I think, a lot easier to apply the concepts because it's not so strictly connected to the directions and so on. It's Mm -hmm. a little more intuitive, a lot more intuitive. And then I think that would be more for me than actually following one by one these instructions that are given. Yeah, if it's more intuitive, probably it would be something that would resonate much more Yes. with. Yes. So what are the main principles of Black Set Tantric Buddhism Feng Shui? Well, and how does it affect our lives? Of course. So, well, with all Feng Shui, um, all forms of Feng Shui, the concept of the five elements is extremely important. So mm-hmm. all Feng Shui works with balancing the five elements harmonizing the five elements. So in different traditions, there are different elements. In Chinese, there is earth, there is water, there's fire, there's wood, and there's metal. Mm -hmm. And there's also yin and yang of each one, right? So you could be yin earth or yang earth, yin water, yang water, etc. So as it's always about making sure there isn't too much of one element. And each element is associated with color as well. So earth is associated with earthy colors and yellow. So like yellow, terracotta, 
um, brown and so on that would be mm -hmm. the earth element water is associated actually with black or very dark blue fire is associated of course with red yeah. and with like fiery oranges wood of course is associated with green but also with purple and metal is associated with white and gray because there are two types of metal in feng shui so for example if you've ever been into a house that's all white that's mm -hmm. very popular now like modern houses yeah ultra modern houses you can go into them and it's, everything is white that is not good feng shui it might look nice yeah. but it's actually really bad feng shui because it's too much metal mm -hmm. it's too much metal so the person living in there could have problems because especially if metal is not good for their personal chi according to their their own makeup right of elements so a person who needs metal might feel good in an all-white house for a little while mm -hmm. but even then it could just be too much right so color is really important that's why red is a fire color and wouldn't want to be sleeping in a bedroom that where everything is red you mm -hmm. wouldn't sleep right maybe you'd have hot sex but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could be a lot of passion but it would be very difficult to sleep in an all red bedroom or with a bedroom with too much red or too much fire element red orange what yeah. are the best colors for a bedroom since oh, we are on the subject okay for a bedroom actually neutral colors mm -hmm. soft neutrals are best restful colors yeah of course it also depends on where the bed is located because or the bedroom is located because the other thing that's really important with feng shui and the thing that makes black sectantric buddhism feng shui sort of stand out is the way it uses the bagua and mm -hmm. the bagua is the map of a space and the best way i can describe it is if you're imagining looking at a tic-tac-toe grid you ever mm -hmm. play tic-tac-toe yeah and it's got the the nine squares right so what btb black sectantric buddhism feng shui does is orient the square according to the front door looking into the space okay. so the front door will be either in the middle bottom the left bottom or the right bottom right mm -hmm. of the floor plan this is all about the floor plan yeah right so you would just have to figure out where your door is is it in the bottom right bottom middle or bottom left and so each of the nine squares represents a different area of your life so starting at the bottom middle okay mm -hmm. that represents your life path your career mm -hmm. and that's associated with the element of water then going clockwise the bottom left is representing your knowledge and your spirituality and that mm -hmm. is is represented by the element of of earth but it's like strong earth you can think of a mountain yeah so the way I always think about this is um, imagine when you think of like great wise gurus or whatever, they're always in the mountains praying and meditating. And the color for that is like a deep blue um, or even like blue green. So like think of like the color of certain types of pine trees and mm -hmm. mountain colors. Yeah. Mm. Right. And then going up from there, continuing clockwise in the middle left, we have a family and ancestors. And that is represented by the wood element. Mm -hmm. And there are two types of wood elements in feng shui. There's young wood and more mature wood. This one represents the younger wood. So thinking of springtime mm -hmm. and that energy of like when all the plants are growing up through the earth, right mm -hmm. pushing up through the earth uh, and they're a little bit more flexible because they're younger and greener right yeah. so that's the energy that's associated with that and the color is is that green that vibrant green color yeah. then the top left is the one that everybody's concerned about that's your abundance your wealth <laughs> everybody wants to know right so that one is also wood but that's the more mature wood that's tree so I always think of like an oak tree, a big sturdy tree that could be enhanced with 
the color green, but it's also represented by the color purple. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you can think about like purple and wealth are yeah. very closely associated, yeah? You know, royal royalty were the only ones who were allowed to wear purple, mm, right? True. Right? Because it was so expensive. Exactly, because it was so expensive and so rare. So that's that one. Then the top middle is your fame, your reputation, how you are seen in the world. And that is the element associated with that is fire. Mm -hmm. And the color with that is red or like red orange, you know, that, that kind of thing, which makes sense when you think about it, right? Yeah. That spark to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> and then the top right hand side is romance, but not just romance, all relationships, mm -hmm. all relationships. And that one is associated with the mother. It's the most yin of the guas. Each of these areas is called the gua. It's the most yin of them. And the color associated with that is like a soft pink, an earthy yeah. pink. The element with this is earth, but it's soft earth. Like think of like clay and, you know, very yin, yin earth. Yeah. And so that's all relationships. And then moving down, continuing clockwise, middle right-hand side, that is future, children, creativity. And that's represented by the element of metal. And so that's a good place in your home to have like a children's room or mm -hmm. play area or a place, a creative space, because it's the area that's all about creative projects and joy, the energy of joy and enthusiasm and all of that. And then the bottom right side is mentors, travel, particularly international travel, helpful people. So Helpful people could be someone who just helps you briefly or someone who's giving you lots of help. And it also governs travel. And that one is also the element of metal. Mm -hmm. The color associated with that one is gray or black and white. Oh, with the children area, children, future creativity, mm -hmm. that's white. Yeah. This one is gray or black and white. And then okay. in the middle, holding everything together is, we call it the Tai Chi, right? And it's represented by the yin-yang symbol right in the middle. Mm -hmm. And that's the area that holds everything together. And guess what that is? That is health. Of course. Yeah. Right? Which makes so much sense, right? Because it's connected to everything. And that is earth element uh, as well. It's, so there are three earth elements. The, uh, this one is, it's not particularly soft. It's not particularly hard. It's kind of in the middle. And the color represented in that part of the bagua is yellow okay yeah essentially so the bagua is the map that we use we place it over every floor plan and make adjustments according to the bagua and the bagua can also be placed over individual rooms so you could have the wealth corner of your home mm -hmm. but you can also have the wealth corner of a particular room okay i understand okay. because it's a bit difficult to change the planimetry of a home right so i mm -hmm. can't change where the room is exactly. but i can actually make changes inside the room exactly exactly so i can yeah. actually implement bagua mm -hmm. in every room in every room and also you know you don't have to be using the the different guas like you know it's wonderful to have a bedroom in the romance and relationships corner but it doesn't have to be there it's also very powerful to have a bedroom in the wealth corner, okay? Because then you're sleeping in wealth. Yeah. But yes, you can you can adjust those spots in your home and you can adjust them in, in the room itself. Where can someone find the bagua? Oh, it's very easy to find baguas. You can just look online. You'll find a huge variety of them. Okay, could you make this available for the people listening to this episode? Yeah, yeah I could. Give you guys one of ones that i used in my course perfect my feng shui course so the bagua is really important i mean it's 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 kind of everything right mm -hmm. so you've got the bagua and you can see how the elements work in there so the two together the basic tools of a feng shui practitioner they come in and they look at uh, how your home is oriented and so on mm -hmm. all of that is really important and the front door is very very important because mm -hmm. that is considered the mouth of chi. 
so that's how the chi enters the home but you can't really move the front door right well you could but you don't have to but what's really important is to make sure it's used you know some people will use their garage door to enter a home or a side door or something that you should really use the front door at least open it and walk through it once a day you want to keep the energy moving and making sure people can see it like it's not hidden but that mm-hmm. that could be a problem because when when you can't see your front door uh easily that means opportunities might be passing you by wow. with a lot of modern construction it's hard to see the front door it's like yeah. it's hidden and then people wonder why they can't find a job <laughs> wow this was powerful it is it really is as you mentioned a lot of changes that we mm-hmm. can actually do in our life but maybe you can pinpoint some of them some sure. easy changes we can make in our home Definitely. according to these principles absolutely so the number one thing i would say for everybody is to declutter mm-hmm. uh, how do we do that <laughs> so what we don't need just give it away exactly what you don't need what you don't love was that Marie Kondo? Yeah. You're right. If it's yes. joy. I mean, yeah. The thing is, I've never walked into a home that had a lot of clutter and felt good. The whole purpose of feng shui is to keep the chi circulating and moving, mm-hmm. right? So that it's not stagnant. When there's too much stuff in a space, blocks the flow of chi and it stagnates the energy. So mm-hmm. you'll notice that people who have a lot of clutter will tend to feel very stuck in their lives. If it's a big project, you don't have to declutter your entire house in one go. You could pick one room or one closet. It's hard to get started, but mm-hmm. once you start doing it, you'll find it can be quite addictive because the energy starts moving. Oh, right? yeah. I can resonate with that. Yes. Right? So we'll give you a boost of energy and you'll get motivated to keep going yeah so it's the getting started that's hard so if you like need to recruit a friend or a relative to help you with that fine like i wouldn't hang on to like old love letters from ex-boyfriends okay so just throw them away yeah you know get rid of them say thank you goodbye you know have a bonfire or like old financial documents that you don't need anymore mm-hmm. or old bills and or things that bring unpleasant memories why would you want to have that there so is um, it like making space for the new to enter absolutely absolutely okay. yeah I understand it's letting go of the old to make space for the new absolutely so that's i would say maybe the number one thing that you don't need to study for you know it's anybody can do this <laughs> with a little bit of motivation yes so i would say that the other thing i did mention this before bedroom painting the bedroom in a soft neutral colors pinkish beige might be nice Mm -hmm. right warm earth colors but soothing soothing not too cold not too warm you know something nice and neutral and to avoid electronics in the bedroom Mm-hmm. Right, like some people, they work from home. Their desk sometimes has no other spot, so they have to put it in their bedroom. So you want to try to maybe put some kind of a screen there. You don't. You want to avoid having the EMFs from the electronics. Yeah. So like televisions, computers, and so on are best kept out of the bedroom if at all possible. And then if they have to be there, unplugging them or also mm-hmm. covering them so you don't see them so that there's a separation between like work and rest right okay yeah i understand so the bedroom is super important because that's where you spend so much time and then another simple thing could be having plants in the house particularly in the areas where wood the wood element is mm-hmm. dominant right so that upper right corner the wealth area that's a good place to put plants so those are some simple easy how about things. flowers is it good or bad to have fl- not plants so not planted flowers fresh flowers do bring in a nice vital energy into a space traditionally they're not recommended in the bedroom but rather in like 
dining room or the living room or something. They don't recommend plants in the bedroom with some exceptions, like an orchid can represent romance. So having a beautiful thriving orchid plant in the bedroom is okay. But no, it's it's actually nice to have flowers in the, in okay. the house. Yeah. Or another thing you could have is a bowl of oranges, fresh oranges. Really? Yes. Oranges are very important in feng shui. The scent of them is very invigorating and uplifting. And so they represent abundance and good health and, and good luck. So having a bowl of nine, especially nine, nine oranges, oranges, okay, like on the center of the dining table or when you walk into the house or something is very nice. Okay. So it's for luck and abundance. Luck, abundance, health, everything. Yeah. Just to I'm uplift. definitely applying this. This yeah. is an easy one to apply. So as soon as you eat one, then you just buy another one, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't like nine, you can do eight. You can do eight. You can do five as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, those would be some of the easy changes you can make in your life. And they're super easy. I mean, come on. Anybody yeah. can do those things. <laughs> yeah, they are pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, so these are changes you can make in your home. In Is your there home. anything in our life? In your life, that yes. That we can change. Yeah, because, you know, feng shui extends into all areas, right, of our lives. Mm -hmm. um, you can feng shui your car. You can feng really? shui your desk. Yes. <laughs> you just put the bagua on the car. You can feng shui your desk. When I used to be the academic director of a school, I had my desk all feng shui. I had a purple dragon and some <laughs> amethyst crystals in my wealth corner. <laughs> I had a candle in the fame and reputation <laughs> okay wow yeah i had like two hearts in the relationships corner yeah so i functuate my desk but other than that well the color red is really important in chinese culture they for example they wear red at weddings it symbolizes good luck so wearing red in some way is a great thing to do that's why on chinese new year you'll see so much red and people will wear like new red underwear on Chinese New Year. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know what? Now that you're mentioning that, I remember practicing this maybe 20 years ago, wearing red underwear on New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. it, it's actually something in a lot of different cultures. Even here in Spain, they do that. But there's also a different New Year's in the Chinese culture, right? It's the Lunar yeah. New Year, which is the first uh, new moon in the calendar year. So wearing red or uh, a talisman with red string or something is, is uh, good luck. Another thing you can do in your life is to spend time in nature. Because feng shui really is about our connection with the world around us, right? So keeping us connected to the elements in nature is extremely good for all aspects of our lives. So spending some time in nature and connecting with it. And I would also recommend the practice of Qigong. Mm -hmm. What that does is it helps to balance the yin and yang within your energy body, your physical body and your energy body. So it's almost like inner feng shui, right? Yeah. You could say so. I think it's very powerful. And Qigong and Tai Chi are similar, but they're not the same. Tai Chi came from Qigong. Qigong is the original practice. And then another very simple change you could make in your life is to organize your wallet. Mm -hmm. Make sure your wallet isn't stuffed with old receipts and that you have the bills organized and smooth and treating your money with respect. Yeah. What about the ones that don't have any more cash? In Norway, we practice very little cash. Well, I would always have some cash in the wallet. Really? Symbolically, it's important. So this whole cashless society thing, I'm not in favor of, personally. I think it disconnects us from our money. Oh, that's nice to know. Because we're not handling it. We're not making that physical connection with it. So having like some physical representation of money around you is really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. wallet with some money. In it. With some I cash. I put that into practice as well. Yeah. I think it's really important, especially these days with all these 
this digital currency stuff. Yeah. I, you know, know it's convenient, but I think it's uh, separating us too much from the energy of money. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and meditation, because mm. that helps keep your mind uncluttered, right? Yeah, it's uncluttering everything in your life, not just your home. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Can it go as further as a relationship that is not working, letting it go? It's uncluttering, right? Yes, yes, yes. That's a great example. Um, yeah, clutter doesn't have to be objects. It could be people too. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Or people, like it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. No. It can be anyone in your life that brings you down. That doesn't, exactly. Yeah. It could be a job. Sometimes you yeah. have to let a job go if it's just not, you know, bringing you what it should be bringing you. Clutter, I think, can be interpreted in a lot of different ways, right? Mental, physical, and also yeah, relational. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. What are some more advanced changes that we can eventually implement in our life? I am a huge believer and proponent of energetic space clearing, which mm -hmm. is not the same as decluttering. Okay. A lot of people yeah. get them confused. A lot of times when you clear the energy of space, a lot of the feng shui problems sort of resolve themselves. It's kind of amazing. So what I mean by a space clearing is you, you hire a professional to come in to do a thorough space clearing. That They burn all these different things and they chant things and they use secret methods and so on. To It's very shamanic because there could be negative entities in a space. There of course. Could be vortexes that are draining. There could be all kinds of like sinkholes and things like that energetically in a space there there's also just stuck old energy that's been there like especially where i am in spain these houses are hundreds of years old so of course it's got layers upon layers of thick stuck energy from yeah. all these, you know people who have lived there before so what an energetic space clearing does is it removes all of that gets all of that out of the way and literally the place i'm not joking looks brighter like the lights function better mm. it turned the wattage up on the light bulbs it's shocking and it feels lighter it feels more joyful i have never done a space clearing where the people didn't actually notice it even people who don't believe in this stuff yeah i did it for a couple and her husband was like yeah whatever and then afterward he's like whoa he goes the lights are brighter i'm like mm-hmm <laughs> wow can you do this online as well or does it have to be on in um, person better in person it's but, better in person okay but i have recently done one for the first time online with clients mm -hmm. another country in belgium and i guided her through it um so she was doing it with my supervision and support and so on and i think it was pretty powerful so okay. it is possible to do it online but it's different. I mean, I'm not going to mm. say it's the same thing because when I do it, I go through people's cabinets and every drawer and everything. I'm very thorough. But I think a space clearing can make such a huge difference. I had this apartment in Queens, New York, that my sister-in-law had lived in. She before she married my brother, she, there was a burner on the stove that didn't work. I think it was the top right one. Relationships. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> And she was like, yeah, you should call the super to get it fixed, right? And then I did this, my first space clearing in my, in my apartment. And I came home, turned on the light the next day when I, I went out to work and whatever. And I turned on the light and all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, shocking. It looked like the lights had suddenly, as I said, gotten much brighter. And everything looked literally sparkling. And the burner on the stove fixed itself. Like it's amazing and that's not the first time this has happened i've done this for clients and they've had appliances fixed that have been broken fix themselves yeah wow yeah yeah so it was all energetical <laughs> it was all energetic yeah every time i would move into a new home i would uh, have a friend of mine who's a feng shui practitioner come and do a space clearing for me you wouldn't do it on yourself no because you know we pick our houses and our houses pick us and yeah. we have blind spots. Definitely. Okay. So bringing in a third party who doesn't have anything, you know, invested in it 
right? Who can be neutral and objective because they'll see the blind spots that we don't see, right? So it's really good to, I think, have somebody do that. So that's one thing. The other, it's advanced, but it's also very important, is the command position. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No, but yeah, I would like to know more about it. It's really, really important. So the command position means that where you sit or sleep, you have a support behind your back. So like a wall, a solid wall, okay? Mm-hmm. You have enough room on either side of you so that you could like stretch your arms out and that you can see the door clearly, but you're not in line with the door. And the example that a lot of people give, I think it's funny, but it's true, is like the mafia, right? You never see like the, the, the godfather <laughs> in the mafia sitting with his back to the door. Yeah, He's always sitting in the corner in the back where he can see everybody who comes into the space, but he's not right in line at the door because somebody could come in at the door and shoot him. (laughs) Yeah. It's the power spot in the room. Um, These big executives, big CEOs, they're usually sitting in the command position. So you don't want to be in the direct line with the door because then the energy that's coming in through the door, the chi, is coming right at you and you're a sitting target. Mm-hmm. So you don't want that. But you want to be able to see very clearly anyone coming in through the door because if you can't see them, uh, you're not in control. Anybody could sneak up behind you. And psychologically, this will affect you because subconsciously, you're not going to feel in control. You hear a noise and you have to look over your shoulder. What's that? Yeah. So it's really important to have your your back supported, not with like a window, but with like a solid wall, something solid behind you and to be able to see the door clearly. And this is this place where you should sleep and work. Whenever I'm sitting down to have a meal, I always sit in the command position. Mm. Same thing in restaurants. I just automatically will head for the, the seat that's in the command position. And you'll notice most people want that seat, whether they realize it or not. It's unconscious, but it's the energy that attracts them. Exactly. You don't feel comfortable with your back to the door. So a lot of people will like put their office desks, right, looking out a window because they want to see the view. That's not a mm-hmm. good idea because, number one, you can be distracted by looking out the window, unless you're an artist. Yeah. I had a consultation for an artist once. That was different because she needed the light and the inspiration. I just had her put a mirror so that she could see anyone coming in mm-hmm. through the door, okay? But it's really important to be able to see the front door. So the command position is, uh, it's essential and it could be applied to everything. Yeah, so moving your bed, moving your your desk and so on so that it's in the command position is a basic but super important and a little bit advanced because you have to know exactly where to put it. Yeah, so maybe it's better if Feng Shui yeah. practitioner actually helps you with that. It's it's always better, I think. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Related to that is in the kitchen, when you're cooking, when you're standing at the stove, if your back is to the door or if you can't see the door, that's not considered good. The, the stove is very, very important in feng shui. It represents wealth and it's considered sort of the heart of the home. So keeping the stove clean is, and not storing things in it is important making sure everything Mm -hmm. works, but also making sure that when you're cooking, your back isn't to the door. Now, sometimes that can't be helped. So the standard remedy for that is to mirror the back of the stove so that you can see behind you, okay? With a solid Mm -hmm. mirror, not broken up mirrors. Broken up mirrors are not good. You want to be able to see. And hanging a wind chime over your head. Wind chime? A wind chime over your head, yep. Okay. Yeah, not like... So it's on top of your head, but like yeah. high up enough so that, um, you know, your head's not going to be hitting it. What that will do is dispel any energy that's coming at you and it's better for the cook. That's only if your back is to the door, mm-hmm. right? When you cook. Because while you speak, I'm also thinking about what changes I can make in my mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting, I think. How can people heal through the power of feng shui? Well, if you think about it, when your home is energetically healthy, 
right? Which is what feng shui is trying to do, right? Is to make your home energetically healthy. You're going to benefit in all ways, including with your health. I find that places with good feng shui, generally the inhabitants, unless it's their karma to get sick or whatever, or something that they need to experience in this lifetime, Mm -hmm. people are likely to have better health. And this includes through space clearing as well, okay? Yeah, space because it's part of feng shui, so. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Keeping your home with good circulation of chi includes having fresh air in the home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, opening the windows, the doors, like at least once a day to bring in fresh air, even in winter. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's really bitter cold, that's harder, but it's nice to have a little bit of that every day in the home just to keep the air fresh and clean so the air quality is really really important okay so that Mm -hmm. will affect one's health and another thing that is is to avoid having things hanging over your head like a bean you know wooden beams and stuff i know they're very popular they can look very beautiful but they're not advised at all, especially the lower they are and especially when you sleep. Very important not to have anything hanging over your head when you sleep. Yeah, okay. Okay, or or if you sleep under sloping ceiling, that could mm-hmm. cause health problems. So making sure that the area above your head when you sleep is open and clear with nothing hanging down. Like, I don't, there's some, like, I've seen, like, bookcases and bookshelves over people's heads when they sleep and all I think of is it falling down and (laughs) (laughs) so you mean that those kind of cupboards that are made in such a way that they go all around the bed including the head they are not really recommended no no because they're not allowing the chi to circulate around you and it's oppressive it can be very oppressive energy so Yeah, that's why I don't particularly like low ceilings. I find them very, very oppressive. So uh, that will affect your health, right? Yeah. And making sure everything in the house works, not having broken things. Uh huh. Yeah, it makes sense. Actually, a friend of mine who is somehow a practitioner, the first thing she realized when she came into my home was, oh, my God, you're lamp is broken and it's exactly in the bedroom that you have to get rid of mm-hmm. and i kind of disregarded it for a while mm-hmm. so what she did is that she got me a lamp actually she just brought it to me and her husband fixed it for me so that i wouldn't have that broken lamp in, especially in the bedroom so exactly it's true and and that includes like changing light bulbs that have burned out or sometimes it's just the minor thing you have to repair but if it's something's really old and broken get rid of it because okay. number one it's clutter and number two broken things are not good for your health mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i would say again working with your inner feng shui through uh, connecting with nature uh, qigong exercise all of that eating foods full of vitality and also Eating at a table, sitting down and eating at a table, number one, reinforces your abundance. So sitting down at a properly laid table, giving yourself nourishing food, you cooked in your home at your stove that works beautifully, right? Yeah. And nourishing yourself with a food that's with food that's balanced and comes from nature, uh, all of these things. This is very good for your health because instead of people sitting in front of the television while not being mindful when they eat right so it's about gathering with your family or if you live alone being alone with yourself and enjoying it and honoring that time honoring your meal time it's very important for your health but it's also important for your abundance yeah wow eating at the table and enjoying it it's important for your abundance yeah, I believe that. Because it's also you're treating yourself properly. You're treating yourself mm-hmm. lovingly. So it makes me sad when I see people, especially single people, they think that if they're eating by themselves, that they could just like grab something quick and microwave it and sit in front of the television and eat it without paying oh attention. My God. Yeah, yeah, guilty as charged. Actually, I do that because of lack of time sometimes. Once in a while, it's fine. Yeah, but okay. if that's your normal way of eating... No, no, it's just, it's not good for your health. So the importance of 
really honoring meal times and making yeah. them sacred because they are sacred. They're sacred. Sacred experience, you know, to consume food and honoring your body and all of its wonderful functions within you, how it processes the food and digests the food. It's it's a sacred yeah. moment. So honoring that is good for your health in all ways, you know, physical, mental, emotional health, right? But I was wondering about something. Do you actually clean, like you cooked your meal, do you eat it immediately and then clean up? Or do you clean up first so that things are not cluttered and then you eat? But both. As I'm cooking, I like to clean up while mm -hmm. I'm cooking. If I'm going to cook something, I have like everything chopped and ready, all my ingredients. I prepare my ingredients mm -hmm. and I put them in little bowls, right? Um, and then I wash the cutting board and the knife and everything. So I just have my bowls. And so as I'm adding things in, if I have a moment to wash the things, I do that. And then I serve myself and I don't wash the cooking pots until after the meal. Okay. Yeah, but I try to wash as much of the preparation things as possible while I'm cooking. So, so that it's there is not super, super cluttered. Yeah, so but, it's not overwhelming. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's nice to have a pot of food on the stove too, because that also can represent abundance. Oh, wow. Okay, so if you're making more than enough for one meal, you know, you have that pot on the stove for a little while, it's like, you can think about that as representing abundance, really, because you have an abundance of food and there's this pot mm -hmm. of beautiful food that's been cooked that you can take from, you know, uh, you can replenish your bowl if you want to, replenish your dish if you want to. But very important to make sure you clean the stove thoroughly yeah. when you're done. But keep like the burners clean, wipe down the stove after each use you know there's always grease or something on it and then i don't know there in new york a lot of people don't cook and they'll use their oven as storage because there's not a lot of storage so they'll keep like all their pots and pans and whatever in the oven that's not a great idea either that's clutter so you want to yeah. keep oven and the stove ready to be used at any time so keeping it in good working order and clean because the stove also is representative of not just abundance but also health so the stove and the bed yeah the stove and the bed okay. are like the two most important things Good. front door the stove and the bed front door stove and bed yeah yeah how can someone learn more about feng shui well <laughs> <laughs> one thing they could do is to sign up for this wonderful uh, digital course that I did with my amazing friend Greta, Coach Greta. It's called Feng Shui Your Life, and it's a nine-hour uh, three-part course that we put together where we focused on three areas, the relationships, the finances, and health. And I explain all of these things and in great detail, giving lots of tips and, and remedies with Feng Shui. And I also explain in, in a lot more detail about the Bagua and the elements and so on. Mm -hmm. And uh, in addition, Greta does some energy clearing and goal setting around each of those areas. The Feng Shui Your Life course is regularly is $180, but for a limited time, we're selling it for only $79 for a... Okay, that's uh, that's not too bad. That's pretty cheap. $79 is like, I don't know, 800 kroners. And it's, you know, a very unique course because it's not just doing feng shui, but it's combining it with some energy healing as well and mm -hmm. meditation and goal setting. So you're really getting a lot of very special content for an incredible price. Yeah, which... so you don't feng shui just your home. You feng shui actually your energy, your life. Exactly. So I highly recommend this course. I had a really great time creating it with Greta. And she and I made a great team. And everyone who took it said they just found it so amazing and helpful. Where so can they find it? We could give you the link. Okay, okay cool. Yeah. Yes. Um, so people can find it exactly. in the notes of the podcast. Exactly. And if people would like to get in touch with me. Yes, that um, was my last question, actually. How can people find you? My website is Anna, A-N-N-A, -N -N -A, hyphen Pavlakis, 
P-A-V-L-A-K-I-S dot Weebly site, W-E-L-Y-S-I-T-E dot com. I also am on Facebook, Anna Pavlakis. I have a page on Facebook, Integrated Soul Healing. I also have a Facebook group that you are more than welcome to join. It's a public Mm -hmm. group. It's called Following Your Soul Path. And I also have a YouTube channel called Integrated Soul Healing. And Mm -hmm. you can also find me on Instagram, (laughs) Anna Pavlakis. So in all possible online places. Yes, also LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Also LinkedIn. Yes. So I'm really easy to find, I think. (laughs) So one could eventually book you for a session or for a course. Okay. Uh, Due to the wonders of the internet, I do feng shui consultations online with the floor plans and so on and photos it is possible to do feng shui online i've done it with people in norway oh wow (laughs) and uh you know to great success i've never been to norway but i've managed to do it with people in norway (laughs) and belgium and it's it's a lot of fun to do that online so i don't have to go into your space to do that and I can also support people with space clearing, long distance, if they would like that. And I also do shamanic healing with my modality, mm-hmm. Integrated Soul Healing. It's my own channeled modality uh, where I help people to align their energy, their current energy with where their soul would like them to be. So it's all about bringing you into a new framework that's mm-hmm. as close as possible to getting you solidly on your soul path where where you're meant to be going in this lifetime this was great i'm so happy that i've had you here i personally learned a lot got a lot of tips and i'm already thinking about changes i can make at home Uh this has been so wonderful i've enjoyed it i've enjoyed every minute i love talking about this stuff and so always happy to share this beautiful knowledge and wisdom. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thank You're you. So welcome. Now it's your turn. Let me know what health and abundance subjects you want me to cover in the future. Do that by commenting on the post on Instagram. If you want to book a free healing and coaching consultation with me, or if you want to be a guest on my podcast, feel free to contact me. You can find my contact information on my website, adakomani.no. Thank you for listening, and thank you so much to Anna for being here with us today. If you liked it, please leave a review at podchaser.com. Just search for the podcast and write a good review. If you have questions, please do let me know on Instagram. In the next episode, we'll be talking about healing with healthy habits. And remember, you are always creating your health and abundance. What do you choose to create today?